Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 191 is entitled The Road to Power, Machiavellian Pragmatism, Rule Number 39, Argumentum Ad Hominem, Part 2. If you haven't listened to Part 1, let me encourage you to download it first. In this podcast, I wish to present some observations based on the information in Part 1. This podcast serves as a kind of conclusion to Part 1. It is divided into four parts. The first part contains observations about how the Democratic Party views America and the strategy they are using to take over full power. The last two parts contain predictions of what will happen if we allow the Democrats to achieve their goals. In this podcast, I do not address the ultimate consequences to America if the left has their way, for it is very simple, the entire destruction of our democratic process and the rise of totalitarianism, first disguised as socialism. Part 1. The liberals view their democratic base as the vulgar. It is for them that they put on the charades listed above. To illustrate this, I shall quote liberally from the Prince. First, please note, and it will become even more apparent if you read the Democratic platform, the liberal left has divided America into tribes and is now attempting to turn the tribes against each other. Fundamentally, their strategy is racist, and the only way they can gain power and hold power is through contention. However, The liberals are contemptuous of their voting base for they wish to keep them enslaved by entitlements and by their own policies. Machiavelli's descriptions of the vulgar fits how the left perceives the majority of Americans. The leaders of the Democratic Party are elitist and think they know best what is right for America, and anyone who disagrees with their policies are called fascists. As Linda reads the following, keep in mind that this is exactly how the left views the majority of Americans. I have divided it into four points. 1. For the vulgar is always taken by appearances and the result of things, and the world consists only of the vulgar, and the few find a place when the many have nothing to rest upon. 2. Because this is to be asserted in general of men, that they are ungrateful, fickle, false, cowardly, covetous, and as long as you succeed, they are yours entirely. They will offer you their blood, property, life, and children, as is said above, when the need is far distant. But when it approaches, they turn against you. 3. For men in general judge more by the eyes than by the hands, for everyone can see, but very few have to feel. Everybody sees what you appear to be. Few feel what you are and those few will not dare to oppose themselves to the many who have the majesty of the state to defend them. 4. And men are so simple and so ready to obey present necessities that one who deceives will always find those who allow themselves to be deceived. Politicians learn early that if they can give people what they want, when they want it, they can manipulate them like puppets. The left shows persistent contempt for their supporters. It is their supporters whom they seek to manipulate. Most people don't want to think. They want results, and the liberal majority in Congress from their position of power produce results, regardless of the consequences to the nation. 
They know their audience, and they know the complicit press who overlooked their foibles. They delivered free health care to those who wanted free health care. Supported by the liberal press, they used language not to reveal truth, but to gloss over the flaws. The press actively covers up the mistakes of the left with oily rhetoric. The liberals know that those who receive free health care don't care how much it costs the taxpayers. They don't care what is in the bill. They only care that they get free health care. Like a child opening a Christmas present, they don't care about the expensive wrappings or how much the present costs. They only care about what's in the package for them. They don't care about the fog of controversy spoken of Pelosi. What does that have to do with them? They want the prize, the results of things, and they want it now, and the liberals deliver it. It is clear to everyone that the platform of the left is to keep their voters happy at the expense of the very rich and the upper middle class. That is why we have a $30 trillion debt. The money is being spent to placate all the minority groups who vote Democratic, as well as to placate the environmental extremists, the socialists, the liberal press, the elite universities, students, the LGBTQ plus community, the poor, Black Lives Matter, and so on. The left can afford to slander white conservatives because they are the minority, and they would not get their votes anyway. Part 2. The rhetoric is heating up. It has moved from Hillary Clinton's basket of deplorables, which at the time brought heavy criticism from the conservatives, to more violent accusations, such as claiming that the MAGA conservatives, a group that want to make America great again, pose a clear and present danger, that they are all white supremacists, and that they are all fascists. They now have what is extremely important to anyone exploiting racism. They have a clearly defined enemy. MAGA represents the ultra-conservatives, those who want to defend the Bill of Rights, Constitution, the sovereignty of the nation, the sanctity of the voting process, law and order, the traditions of the past, the balance of power, the separation of powers, the old Democratic Republic, it is embodied in Donald Trump, who is hated not only by the Democrats and the press, but also by liberal Republicans who provide the votes necessary to push forward the agenda of the left. Notice how President Biden worded his criticism. Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy than mega Republicans are to to destroying American democracy. He distinguishes true conservatives from left-leaning Republicans, meaning those who despise Trump. His clinical we includes Democrats, independents, and mainstream Republicans who are also threatened by Trump. The Democrats rely upon Trump haters on both sides of the aisle to help them pass such things as Obamacare, the Inflation Reduction Act, and other obscenely expensive programs because without the Republican support, they won't have enough votes. He separates Trump supporters as pariahs, as posing a clear and present danger to the nation, as being white supremacists and semi-fascists. That includes millions and millions of Americans who want to preserve our way of life, our freedom, our liberty, our flag, and our country. MAGA Republicans gave the left what they lacked before, a clearly defined enemy. Donald Trump is to the left what Emmanuel Goldstein was to Big Brother in Orwell's 1984, the subject of the two minutes hate. In Orwell's novel, every day at 11 a.m., an image of Goldstein was displayed on the telescreen, 
and subjected to the fury of the people who vent all of their rage and frustration for everything that is wrong with the country upon Goldstein, thus drawing attention away from Big Brother, who is really responsible for the horrors of 1984. The image of Donald Trump is used by the left for the two-minute hate speeches. The image of Donald Trump is displayed on CNN, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, ABC, as well as all the major newspapers in the nation. He is the subject of their hate and frustration, and the left blames Trump, just as Big Brother blamed Goldstein for the very things that they themselves have created. Every failure of the Democrats is blamed on MAGA Republicans. Part 3. Number 3 is a projection. The next target will be Christians who cling to the moral standards established by the Bible. The liberals will not succeed as long as Christians are united behind the Ten Commandments and the other teachings of the Bible. Christians have been a target of the left for a very long time. But my projection is that just as the rhetoric is heating up against the MAGA Republicans, it will heat up against the Christians who stand behind the true conservative agenda and who continue to oppose abortion, gay marriage, and gender issues. America is no longer divided between Democrats and Republicans. America is divided between liberalism and conservatism, socialism and republicanism, the old world order versus the new world order. There is no visible difference among most of the Democrats and Republicans in Washington. Many Republicans hate Trump with the same venom as the Democrats, for he threatens their power. The reason the Democrats have been so successful in Congress is not just their majority. Their success stems in large part because of those in Congress who pretend to be Republicans but vote the Democratic ticket. They are elected Republicans in conservative states but are acting Democrats when in Washington. They too see their constituents as the vulgar. They too think they know best what the vulgar need. For those of you who remember Orwell's Animal Farm, in the end, one could not tell the difference between the pigs and the farmers. So it is with Washington. One can no longer tell the difference between the donkeys and the elephants. Part 4 If someone closely examined a politician's rise to power, I would make a prediction that they will find that Newton's law is the cause. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. In other words, for every rise to power, there is an equal and secret party supporting them. The politicians' fortunes secretly increase as they gain power. Liberals do not have to please the conservatives. They must only please their sponsors. Do not underestimate the power of Machiavellian pragmatism. Liberals don't. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.